0: In this special episode of Brainstorm Exploring Minds and Behaviors in collaboration with Concordia University's 4th Space, Alex and I sit down with a group of teenagers to ask the next generation what they think about science, research, and how they aim to make a difference today and in the future.
1: My name is Alex Bailey.
0: And I am Alexa Ruel.
1: And you're listening to Brainstorm, Exploring Minds and Behaviors.
0: (laughs) 1st let's talk about why we're here and why we're doing this. Um, So me and Alex talk about this a lot, and as science becomes more open and more collaborative, we're seeing academics from different environments, different disciplines come together to work on common interests and make really great groundbreaking discoveries. We're also seeing these huge cross-university collaborations become more popular and more promising across all fields in science.
1: In science communication especially, we're starting to have conversations across different levels of education, but we still often fail to include the opinions of our younger generations who play a paramountly important role in the future of science.
0: So in today's special episode, Alex and I will talk about science, research, and the future of science with three bright young minds who have kindly agreed to join us today on Brainstorm Exploring Minds and Behaviors. So welcome, everyone. Um, Thank you for joining us today. And um, let's start with some introductions. I'll start with myself, and then you can feel free um, after Alex maybe goes to just introduce yourself with name and where you're studying, for instance. Um, So my name is Alexa. I'm studying at Concordia University. I'm doing my PhD in psychology, but not the clinical side, just the research, because that's what's really my passion. And how about you, Alex?
1: I am a first-year master's student studying uh, neuroscience in the IPN program at McGill University. I am also a former alum of Concordia University, who graduated in 2020, and I'm absolutely psyched to be back to join in for this podcast episode.
0: And now let's turn um, our mic over to our guests. So maybe Sophie, if you want to start.
2: Um, So I'm Sophie. Um, I'm currently a Dawson student. I'm an environmental science at Dawson first year.
0: Awesome. Xavier, how about you?
3: Hi, my name is Xavier. I'm a student at College Beaubois. And I am in 11th grade.
0: And finally, Sophia.
4: Hi, I'm Sophia. And I go to uh, Kadesh one And I'm in four.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you to the three of you for joining us today. I'm really excited to have this discussion with you. Do any of you see yourself going into a job that is related to science at all? Or are you like, I'm into science, but I don't think I would go into like a career or a job in that path. Sophie, how about you?
2: Um, I definitely would like to go into but like I have no idea like I really am interested by like math and biology and like I really love science I'm very passionate about it and I hope that's what I can do like with my life but I I love it because it's so open-ended and we so don't know like what the next jobs will become like we don't know so many fields of research yet like that will come in the next few decades and I think that's really exciting so yeah I definitely hope to work in
0: STEM Absolutely. I'm gonna just ask you another question right away because you said something that I want to elaborate on. What is STEM?
2: Um, I like it's science, technology, engineering, and math. But like, I think it also includes like architecture too sometimes.
0: Um, yeah, that's STEM. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I just wanted to make sure that was out there for anyone who keeps hearing STEM and they're like, I'm not sure what that means.
1: And while maybe it's like a little bit early, Sophie and Xavier, what are your thoughts about kind of like careers in science? Is this something that you see yourselves doing? Is this more like a class that you have to take that you're thinking to yourself, okay, as soon as this year's done, this is the end of it for now and forever. What are your thoughts?
3: It is definitely a goal of mine to have a profession in science. I already have a profession picked out already. It's a pretty high one, so I'm uh, ready to work as hard as I can to achieve that goal. And if I don't, I can pursue other careers in science.
0: That's awesome. Do you mind me asking what, what career job do you have in mind?
3: A dentist or orthodontist.
0: Very, very cool. How about you, Sophia? Do you have kind of a, a clear path?
4: Well, like you said, I have, um, I have an idea of what I want to go into. I really like biology. So maybe a sports, uh, physiotherapist or a gastroenterologist but I really like also working with my hands so like fine motor skills plus science is like my idea of a career.
0: That's awesome really good careers in view for all of you <laughs> I think I think there's there's not a shortage of things to figure out too in these fields and, and people to help of course um, so following up on that is there something that kind of inspired you that you were like oh this is what's really cool like this is what I want to do or is it kind of like slowly interesting was it someone who inspired you was it a class you liked was it like one cool fun fact how did you kind of decide or or find out that you wanted to go into science
3: i actually got into dentistry because i got braces and that really inspired me uh also inspired me to um learn more about science.
0: Very cool. Absolutely. Personal experiences are also at the top of my list. You know, you, you, you expose a different thing. You're like, wow, this is really cool. I didn't know this existed. And then you have this whole new possibility in front of you. Sophie, how about you? What was it for you that were like, okay, I don't know what, but it's going to be, it's going to be in science.
2: Um, so I grew up, both my parents are scientists. So I grew up with the like, just kind of like my whole family have either been like doctors or um, both my parents have been like professors. So it's always been like, a very household of like full of science
0: amazing and Sophia.
4: well um in my family we have a lot of people that are like pharmacists doctors and stuff and just getting into a conversation with them is very interesting and it helps you know a lot and just because of the fact that they have so much knowledge about the fields that they're in makes it interesting so i'm pretty sure that's why
0: very cool hearing a lot of like, oh, you know, it's it's what my environment exposed me to. It's what I heard about or kind of going to the dentist and being like, wow, this is really cool. Um, I think it, it speaks to the importance. I mean, to me, at least to, to having exposure, if not in your family or in your immediate environment in school to say, okay, well, if these people don't have a family full of professors or doctors, um, exposing um, high school students, HF students to different classes, different topics to see, you know, you know, now you know that this exists and you can decide if you like it or not. You know, when you think about like, experts in something, right? You'll, you'll, you'll hear it on the radio or like experts now say that, I don't know, the grass is green. Um, you know, that you hear this on the radio, you'll hear it on TV or, um, you'll have like an interview with someone and it's like expert in so-and-so and they have their opinion. Um, do you think we should take this with a grain of salt? like do you, do you think, like in taking into consideration that like it seems that science may not be perfect after all? We're just kind of all suggesting things. like what is what is the value or, or what do we um what do we think of when we hear an expert on something say something? Should we take what they're saying for granted? Should we question that? what do we what do we think about that?
3: I feel like we should all question uh, everyone's theory not everybody can be right even if you're an expert and there are a lot of complicated things out there so the fact
1: that you're an expert in something doesn't really necessarily mean you're right that's a really good point sophie i see your hand up
2: um well i mean i think like we should trust you know if you just if i don't have any extra experience in like a field like if like for like covid you know like If I'm hearing an expert says you should wear an N95, like you should trust that. You know, like they may not have all the answers, but they do have a lot more knowledge than the average person. Um, So I do think it is important to listen to experts. But I mean, expert to expert, I think like you know, scientific arguments really important because that's how like it's really important that like scientists disagree because that's when like you know new things are explored and new things are discovered. But like if you're just the average person, then you should definitely
4: um, believe. And like,
2: you know, follow their suggestions.
1: And Sophia, I see you thinking about this.
4: Well, I was gonna say, basically, um, on the internet right now, there's so many people that come up with new like ideas and they write it down. And a lot of people believe those ideas, but so many of them are fake and you have to make your like you have to do your own research before trusting anything. And I don't believe the experts have all the answers. Like they're not always sure, but you should like at least listen to what like health science is saying for like the society
1: on that same point to all three of you. do you guys know kind of like when experts state that they have results or they have information and expertise that can bolster a claim? Do you know what they're making reference to? like what kind of is is the clenching factor that gives them like a sense of of trustworthiness?
0: It's tricky, right, because you're thinking, well, If someone's an expert in something, they're probably better than I am at it, so maybe I should trust them. Um, But oftentimes, too, a lot of people will say, well, we have to question everything, because even if they are an expert in it, maybe they don't have the ultimate answer, the truth, uh, or the kind of right way to deal with something. Um, So there's kind of a fine line there. And I think uh, what was brought up, and I think it's really important to point out, is that it depends on what evidence is backing up that expert opinion. Right? So I, I can say I have an expert opinion on this and I would consider myself an expert for whatever reason. But if what I'm saying and to support what I'm claiming as an expert, there's not much there, then maybe even that expert statement isn't so expert after all.
1: Kind of piggybacking on what Alexa just mentioned. How can we know that we can trust someone who is a genuine expert, who is giving us information about a certain detail? For example like the difference between uh, 14 days versus 10 days and all the information in between when it comes to COVID?
4: Well, I'd say it's probably a big role on education. So the fact that they um, spent like a good four years minimum studying in the field that they're in. And also they've done so many experiments to prove their theories. So I think we should like base ourselves on the fact that they have evidence to provide truth to what they're saying.
1: I think that you are like completely right on the money for that. So what I was thinking too, and, and what's super important about the whole concept of science is that it's a group of people like you and me at Alexa, and actually everybody on on currently the, the podcast who kind of thinks to themselves that they may not have all the information just by thinking of, a, of an idea at, at a particular moment in time. But by testing it, and by observing it, and by taking the time to make an experiment that can give you more information than what you knew beforehand, that can help to actually provide you with true knowledge, or a greater understanding of how to work with the situation, or how to see it in a different way. And while it's definitely true that we should always be questioning practically everything, because I think that's just like something innate to humankind. We can also definitely trust experts who have performed uh, experiments, and also who have spent, as you said, Sophia, like years of their lives trying to learn how to be able to gain more knowledge in a topic.
0: Did anyone else want to add to what makes an expert an expert? No.
1: <laughs> you sure?
0: You said
2: it pretty well. Like someone, you know, who studied and like has very like well done experiments.
0: Mm, Absolutely. If I can add one thing is if you guys do go into science and you do kind of pursue this path of like, you know, getting my education to become an expert in something, um, I know for me and I think a lot of friends and um, colleagues around me experience this this phenomenon um, where you get to a point where you do know a lot more about the topic than other people around you, but you don't quite feel like an expert yet. Right. And if someone says, Oh, you're an expert on this, you kind of feel like a huge spotlight's been shine onto you and you're kind of get stage fright. Um, this is called imposter syndrome. And, um, I think the point here is that there, there's a fine line for even those who are called experts, right? People have called me expert, and it's it's kind of it's kind of a weird feeling when someone says, "Oh, you know, you know, we're not giving you that title," um, because it's not quite clear. Like, how long do I have to study this? How many studies do I have to complete before I can be considered an expert and call myself one? Um, and sometimes it feels like you're not quite there yet, but sometimes you just gotta trust your gut and say, "Okay, I probably know more than the average person on this. Maybe I am an expert." after all. So I'm seeing that we're almost at the end already. Maybe we should wrap it up with kind of a, a funner question, a lighter one here for you guys. Um, so if you look, if you could look into the future or you imagine the future, what do you think the world or the field of science or research will look like in five years? 10 years or maybe even 25 or 50 years later, where do you think we're going to be in our scientific discoveries? What do you think the world's going to look like as a consequence of the science that's happening in the world?
2: Um, Well, like, you know, what I love about science is like, you don't know, like we have no, like the internet, like we didn't, no one could have imagined that. Like, um, so like, we can't really, like, we can't see what um, science will look like. I definitely think, you know, um, technology is based on like green energy and like, Sustainability will be really, really big. Um, I, I mean, I hope that becomes big because it's a big issue. Um, and I think, you know, like we'll have a lot more AI um, and development and, like tech.
0: Absolutely. I mean, maybe. Who knows? I feel like that's one direction that we're definitely moving in. We'll have to see if you're, if you're right in about five, ten years. Sophia, how about you? What do you think?
4: Well, since let's like take, for example, like telephones, right? In five years, we evolved so much. And let's say 10, 20 years ago, the computer was a thing, like internet was a thing. So I'm pretty sure as a society, we're going to like start getting further. Maybe we'll start like learning, like, I don't know. I feel like we're going to go really far as a society because of how fast we're progressing.
0: Xavier, what what does your vision of the future
3: look like? I feel like we'll be around the same as we are now, unless there is a big discovery in any field that um, expands in another and helps uh, other areas of science. But uh, (laughs) um, if that discovery is not made, I think we would still be where we are now because science isn't fast.
0: That's very true. I think everything you said is, you know, everyone's saying like, you know, things move fast, but not that fast, but we need big discoveries. But we also make small steps towards something, right? Like Sophie mentioned with climate change and all these important issues. I think I think that's the complexity. And that's why this question is so interesting to think about is that every small discovery is, contrib- is contributing to advancing science, making a world a better place, helping people live better and longer. But also those big discoveries are what really make things move forward in leaps, um, but it's not to say that these smaller ones are not important. And when you look back 5, 10, 25 years, you can see that maybe there isn't one huge thing that happened. Maybe there is. But that we're always moving towards, um, you know, a maybe more perfect answer to the research questions we have, maybe a better environment to live in, or maybe just better ways of curing different illnesses. And I think that's really th- that's really interesting to think about.
1: And along the line, the flip phone was there. So whenever you're thinking about the future, just imagine there will always be that little random thing right in the center, kind of related and kind of piggybacking just off of that. Um, how do you guys kind of like, do you think that science and the concept of like scientific knowledge is important with creating our future, given that it is something that we kind of do not know what's going to be coming down uh, tomorrow or in five, 10 25 or even 50 years.
4: I mean, I believe since we're the generation of tomorrow, we're the ones who are going to have to figure out every solution to problems like climate change. So I'm pretty sure that scientific knowledge is a very important factor that we're going to need to know to live in the society of tomorrow.
0: I like that a lot. And I think that's something that hopefully we're able to emphasize and to kind of start a discussion in this podcast episode is that, you know, we're always thinking about, you know, you know, graduate students, professors, current researchers, what can they do to make, you know, the future better or contribute? But the thing is, is that at one point, these people retire, they they will have to retire. And then the few, the next generation will come in and and kind of take over their work or go in a completely different direction. So I think it's interesting and important to consider, well, what is the next generation care of? What, what do they see? What are they thinking about science and how science can contribute to a better future and what are they going to bring that's really going to make us see our future in kind of rosy lights as opposed to something a little more grim. Um, I'd like to thank the three of you for being here with us today. It was really interesting to hear your opinions on all these kind of big questions we threw at you, but also kind of how you see science and how you kind of see it in the same way we do is something that's very positive. That's going to help us move forward that there's so much that we can do. And so many questions to be answered still. So thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you all so much. This has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast and I think that in the end, Alexa, we can definitely say the teens are right.
0: If you like what you've just heard and you're interested in learning more about our podcast, our episodes, our mission, or maybe you want to join us as a guest, reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or simply email us at brainstorm.podcast.mtl at gmail.com.
1: Until then, we look forward to brainstorming with you soon.